I want to give you a little background, remind you of where this story takes place in the history of the Israelites. Ahab has been made king over the Israelites, and his wife Jezebel has been killing off the Lord's prophets. Now she wants to kill Elijah. Elijah has been very concerned about the Israelites worshipping Baal and uh, Asherah. And those prophets have been at Jezebel's table. So he calls a meeting with Ahab and tells him to summon people from all over Israel to come to Mount Carmel and bring the prophets of Baal and Asherah with him. And there, Isaiah, uh, Elijah issues a challenge to the prophets. He's going to prepare a bull for sacrifice on an altar, and he wants the prophets to do the same thing. But they won't light the fire. They'll pray to their God, and Elijah will pray to his God to light the fire. The one who lights the fire successfully will be the real true God. And uh, the prophets of Baal fail. But when Elijah prays, God lights that fire. And then Elijah orders the Israelites to seize all the prophets of Baal and slaughter them. And now I want to start the reading. First Kings. First Kings chapter 19 verses 1 through 10. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, if ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. Word of the Lord.
We're glad you're here today. I wanted you to know that um, these are significant. Um, Steve was back there. He, he, he gave me one of these, and, and I said, well, I'll, uh, I'll show people this. And he said, but just showing them, you could fake that. You know, you could, you could pick up an empty one and go, here it is. There's not much shake in this. It's so, so close to the top. It goes, it's right there. So uh, this is this is a good, um, and they're both, yep, they're both heavier than each other. Uh, so uh, that's a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. It's nice to have Ben back. Uh, we had a lot of uh, where's Ben um, over the past several weeks. It was uh, like where's Waldo or something or Diego or. Whatever. This is. This doesn't act like it wants to stay on. It, it may know how the sermon's going to go. Um, it's better. We're glad to see you. Um, it is, uh, I think, significant what Ben said about uh, a time for reflection and quiet. You know, we were we were in the Wednesday night uh, all God's children uh, gathering. This past Wednesday night, and we had had uh, our meal, and we had sung under the capable leadership of Steve Brothers. And, and you just need to know—you just need to know what a joyful noise sounds like. Now, Steve does a great job. All his training up in Dumas, uh, the church there, comes out. But it was about five or ten minutes till seven, and the and uh, the phone rang. Chris Cobb's phone rang, and she walked out and uh, came back a few minutes later with the news that David's brother had suddenly died. And um, it was interesting to to have that news go out in a in a in a group of folks in all God's children. Uh, some who uh, have places to stay and some who don't. Uh, some who have a little income and some who don't have hardly any at all. But all of them there, all of our regulars, really uh, love and admire uh, Chris and David and Michael. And, and so their, their loss was immediately a loss that was felt in the room, and it was uh, sweet, sweet, and the prayers of that group very significant. <clears throat> and so we join um, our brothers and sisters in the All God's Children um, gathering on Wednesday night with the Cobbs today, and uh, to be able to sit this week with uh, Francis Uzel and uh, her daughter uh, Deborah. And to be at the uh, funeral service on on Friday uh, was sweet because that is a, a family story of commitment to Jesus and and uh, service in the life of the church. And we uh, we know that uh, Francis is with us uh, even today, and we love her, and her ministry will go on. Another thing that is out there that is a sense of loss and, and uh, joy is um, 
we just have this task in front of us. And, and sometimes the task in front of us gives us great joy. And sometimes it gives us uh, great sadness. And so this morning when we study Elijah, we get a chance to step in this life and feel it uh, around us. So I, I uh, appreciate Miss Linda doing a little background, but I, Linda, Miss Linda, I'm going to do a little. I'm going to take it back another chapter and uh, and rewind it because this is a story of of a of a prophet who knows what it's like to be successful. It knows what it's like to be cared about knows what it's like to be in the very presence of God. If you've got your Bible or your phone or your laptop or your whatever it takes, and you can find 1 Kings chapter 17, go there. We're going to study ourselves into this, and and you will um, hear um, how this goes. The king in the northern kingdom of Israel from 874 to 853 B.C. was Ahab. And his sweet wife was Jezebel. And Ahab and Jezebel make up one of the most um, ferocious and evil couples in the Old Testament. So in chapter 17, Elijah the Tishbite said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. There is a a relationship between Elijah and Ahab, and it's pretty much this. Every time Ahab sees Elijah, it's not good news. And the Lord said to Elijah, You need to leave and go eastward and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. I, I love it. God is with Elijah. God gave Elijah a word to say to a king. And now God has sent word to the ravens in Kirith Ravine that they have a job. And their job is to feed Elijah. If I were a raven, I would feel like this was perhaps my most important job I'd had in my life. But he goes there and he stays there and and verse 6 says, The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. You can imagine him going, The ravens are late tonight. I wonder what they're bringing. I wonder, I hope it's lamb. Can you imagine the the ravens going to people's houses and looking in the window and picking out what they think Elijah ought to eat? Maybe God tells them. Maybe God provides. I don't know how this works. I just know 
that this is the best case of being fed by birds in the Bible. These are good ravens. And it's a good brook. But then he moves on and he goes to the widow's house. And this is in a time of great famine. And God says, go to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. And when he gets there, it's not a good day. Because the widow says, uh, in verse 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. God has sent him to a widow's house where there is nothing to eat. She says, I have a little flour in a jar, a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son. And that way we may eat it and die. He, he has been sent from the brook and the ravens to the house of the lady who's making the last meal. Some little pancake of a sort. That she can share with her son as their last meal. And then they will hold each other until they die. And Elijah says, as God's servants often do, don't be afraid. Go home and do as uh, you have said. But first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son for this is what the Lord the God of Israel says the jar of flour will not be used up the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land and so she goes and in faith makes a little something for Elijah and a little something for herself and her son and Elijah is the emissary of life to the widow and her son. But, but a bit later, the son comes down with a fever and he dies. And, and Elijah is able to pray over the child and raise him from the dead. So, so Elijah, as God's servant, has spoken to a king and, and called for there to be droughts. He has gone to a brook where there is God-given water. He has eaten food from God-appointed ravens. He has gone to a house and in the name of God asked her to feed him. And by God's power attending his presence there, she has had plenty to eat. And when the son died, he was able to raise him from the dead. I like Elijah a lot. I'm breaking up real bad. Did a raven tell you that? Okay. Um, is that... I'm going to go for another witness. What? Just when I raised my voice. Okay. You know, it's good to know when you can't hear. It's different from when you know that you won't listen. That's different. But, um, okay. I'm going to change to the stay in one place mic. Sometimes the devil just doesn't want you to preach the way you want to. What? Preach on. Preach on. 
Okay. Okay, assuming you didn't hear anything, I'm going to go back to the beginning. Oh, suddenly you heard fine. I see. I see how this goes. Now Marvin is really sad. The point being, at all of this, is that Elijah has a a very successful ministry to this point, and God is with him in an amazing way. And it it is just now going to get even more amazing in in the story that Miss Linda told, is that, that Elijah goes and he proposes a challenge between God and, and Baal. And, and the, the prophets of Baal, the 450 prophets of Baal, they, they make their, their uh, altar and they put their sacrifice on it and, and they call for Baal to send down fire and Baal, being nothing, cannot send down fire. And so Elijah begins to taunt them. This is the part of the prophetic ministry that we don't talk about a lot. Shout louder. Surely he's a god. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. The real Hebrew there says, perhaps he's gone to the bathroom. NIV cleared that up a little bit. And so these prophets begin to slash themselves, but there is no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. So Elijah takes stones, makes an altar, puts the sacrifice on there, drenches the altar in water, pours on more water the third time. And then Elijah steps forward, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so these people know that you, O Lord, are God and that you are turning their backs, their hearts back again. And the fire of the Lord fell. Famine, when you say the word, water in the brook, food from the ravens, food at the widow's house, raising the child from the dead, vindicated on the mountain that God is God indeed. How could it get better than that? And after all that, he has a, an empty and broken and sad and empty heart. And he just feels like he is afraid, verse 3, and he runs for his life. 
and I wish I could go over here now, but imagine me walking over there. Because this is, this is a walking around text. Sometimes, when we have been touched by God in a powerful way, the, the evil one comes to us and causes us to suddenly forget how close we've been to God and how close God was to us. The evil one comes to us and and creates in us a kind of spiritual amnesia. That for some reason we can't remember when God has been with us and we feel vulnerable and alone. And so Elijah comes a day's journey into the desert and he comes to a broom tree and he sits down under it and he prays to die. Suicide by prayer. He prays to die. And he says, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And he lay down under the tree and fell asleep, hoping that he would not wake up. We would be amazed if we had a show of hands in this room of how many folks in this room have ever lay down to sleep like that. I'm not recommending it. I'm not saying that this is the part of the prophet's life you should emulate. I'm just saying that some of us have been to the place where you go, I don't know how much further I can go. I don't want to go anymore. So, Lord, if today is the last day of my life, it's fine. God's not through with the tired and afraid Elijah. Elijah can see that day, that date on his own tombstone, but the angel touches him and says, Get up and eat. He's awakened to a meal. At his head was a cake. There was a jar of water. He ate and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him. Get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. Then he got up and he ate and he drank. Strengthened. Let's just stop there. Sometimes fatigue makes cowards of us all. Even the fatigue of doing good, even the fatigue of being God's man or woman, even the fatigue of holding on to hope against all hope, the fatigue of counting up who is for you and who is against you and somehow coming up with a much larger number of those that you can imagine will be against you, it gets hard. 
And, and God sends an angel that, that says, rest and eat. Rest and eat. And there are times in our life where the very best thing we can do is rest. Not every spiritual discipline has to begin with doing something more and harder. Sometimes the great, indispensable discipline is to rest and eat with an angel at your side. And so he gets up where he thought he might have died and he travels 40 days and 40 nights until he reaches Horeb, the mountain of God. And he goes into a cave and spends the night there. And then you have these two questions. There's questions that show up. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? How do you want to say that? What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? How would God ask that question to you? Is it the what? Or is it the doing? Or is it the here? And God lets Elijah pour out his heart. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, put your prophets to death with a sword. And now, this is the part we kind of wag our fingers at Elijah. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. And God says... Go stand out on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. The Lord is about to pass by. It's as if God says, I hear what you're saying, that you're the only one. But, but you need to know, first, if you are the only one, I am with you. Go out and stand. And, and feel like what you feel when you're the only one with God. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, an incredible silence, a deep and inhabited vacancy. Elijah heard it and pulled the cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. What are you doing here? And he tells it again. I've been very zealous for the Lord. The Israelites rejected your covenant. They've broken down your altars. they put your prophets to death. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. And the Lord says, Poor little Elijah. You need to just stay right here. 
not what he says. The Lord, who wasn't in the earthquake or the fire or the wind, who was in the still small voice, the quietness, the Lord says, go back the way you came, go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram, also anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, king over Israel. Anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, from Abel Meloah, to succeed you as a prophet. Jehu will put to death anyone who escapes the sword of Haziel. Elisha will put to death any who escapes the sword of Jehu. I still have 7,000 people in Israel whose knees, whose knees have not bowed down. He says, this is what we're going to do. Elijah, the best thing you can do is go back to work. The best thing you can do is walk out from Mount Sinai. Go appoint you some kings. Go appoint another prophet. And go find fellowship in 7,000 faithful people. So, so where's the sermon? The sermon is quick. Whatever you've done for God in the past is something you probably remember. And what you need to remember is that the God who was with you in all of that is still with you. And if you've been sad, if you've been depressed, if you've been abandoned, if you have been weary, if you have thought that God is not with you, then God is not mad at you for that. But God seeks to give you rest and renewal and re-engagement. To rest to renew, to re-engage is what we get to do as individuals. As a church, this is a vital lesson for us. This is a church that has great stories that can be told in its past. It's got some pretty great stories from, from lately too. The stories about being big and huge and, and, and golden eras, uh, those are all true and rich and good. True. But we are not meant to die in a desert with only the memories of that past. It is time to rest, and I think we've rested. It's time for renewal, and we are being renewed. And it's time for reengagement, and it is in our future. This is the joy of the Lord. To rest, to renew, and to re-engage. 
Let's stand and sing together.